Attention all mortals, veterans and civilians alike. It's time to buckle up and get ready for a wild ride because you just tuned in to the Swandingo Files. Your host, Steven Swanson, is here to help you navigate the crazy world of transitioning from military life to civilian life. And let me tell you, it's a bumpy road, but with a little bit of humor and a lot of determination, we can make it through together. And welcome back to another episode of the Swan Dingo Files. Today I have a special guest, Robin Grable, a veteran of the U.S. Navy, and she's starting a software to help with hiring people that's going to knock Indeed and LinkedIn out of the water. So she's definitely going to tell us about that. So how's it going today, Robin? It's going great, Stephen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad you actually, uh, you're able to show up. I know you're busy, so I'm glad you took a few minutes out of your day to come and chat with me. Um, we're going to discuss today just, you know, why you joined, what you did in the Navy, your transition out. Everybody's got a unique story to tell. Plus, talent ascend and veteran ascend and how that's going to pave the way to get hired over Indeed and LinkedIn. So, I really hope you will. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I hope so. So, if you can tell us, uh, why did you join the, or what made you join the U.S. Navy? Great question. So I lived in a what I felt like was a small town in Indiana, and um, I didn't really have any prospect for going to college. My stepfather wouldn't share his salary information, so I couldn't apply for you know scholarships and things like that. I couldn't even uh, get the financial stuff into to, for college, so I didn't feel like I had a lot of choices. The Navy recruiter showed up at my high school and said, "Join the Navy and see the world." Oh, I did. Much to my mother's uh, heartbreak, uh, when I went to uh, sign up all the papers, she's like, please don't sign anything today. I'm like, okay, we'll see. Came home and said, I'm leaving in six weeks. So uh, so that's why I joined the Navy. And I, I lived in Indiana. It was a lot, landlocked state, so certainly wasn't the water uh, that attracted me to the Navy, but just happened to be the Navy recruiter at the right time at the right place. And uh, what did you actually do in the Navy? So that's a really interesting question. So I went to the Navy in 1979, a time when um, women still couldn't do a lot of roles. Um, there was a lot of restrictions around what, what roles females could be in. And I remember fighting really, really hard to say, if I have the skills, if I can pass the test, why can't I do the job? And so um, I went into the Navy undesignate, undesignated, which meant I didn't choose an occupation before I enlisted. So got to my first duty station, which was Iceland, which is a magnificent country, beautiful, beautiful, which I didn't even know where it was at the time. So that was that was interesting. But got there and had to choose my occupation. I kept asking, well, I want to do this. I want to do that. It was a naval air station. So there was a lot of you know, airplanes and, and things like that. I want to do this. Nope, can't do that. Nope, you can't do that. Only because I am a female. It wasn't because I didn't have the skills or wasn't smart enough or strong enough, just simply because I'm a female. So I ultimately chose data processing, um, which doesn't exist anymore. It has morphed into several different roles. But back then in, in, um, in the early 80s, computers, there were still, there were computers at the time and huge Honeywell systems, IBM systems. So, um, I got to a lot of, do a lot of interesting things, national, national security things, too, which was interesting when I look back on it now. But 
Um, fast forward, and, and I spent nine years in the Navy. Um, I did a lot of different things, um, which is one of the things that we kind of talk about in, in our role at Talents Ascend and Veterans Ascend. It's like you can't just judge somebody's career off of their title because there's so many skills that go into the job. I mean, I was a data processing technician, but I did HR. I did payroll. I did computer programming. I did logistics. I did um, uh, data analysis. So there's just so many things that I did uh, in the Navy uh, that spanned that nine years. It was pretty incredible. And uh, why would you, you only do nine years? So uh, great question. Um, I had made E7 um, in those nine years, which um, was a fast track. I, I did really well. I, um, and actually, it wasn't even nine years because I had spent the first probably year, um, almost a year undesignated. So uh, it was really about eight years that I had made E7. But the Navy had what was back then a really, really, um, I'll call it horrible, <laughs> initiation process. Uh, for you to go into being a, a chief petty officer. And I just, I didn't want to go through it. I had just witnessed my um, husband go through it and it was awful for him. I knew it would be awful for me. Uh, and I just didn't want to do it. Um, and then at the time I had also gone up for limited duty officer and taken two years of time to create this beautiful package and gotten recommendations from all kinds of admirals and et cetera, et cetera. And the year that I applied, they didn't rate any data processing officers. Um, so I was really, really disheartened. Um, and then I just um, happened to leave uh, Pearl Harbor and go to Quantico for programming school. And the uh, yeoman forgot to have me sign my reenlistment papers before I left. And so um, I got through programming school and the instructor came to me and said, you, you either need to sign your papers or you need to get out. Uh, and so I did. I felt it was a sign that said it's time for me to go. Um, I couldn't make officer. I didn't want to be uh, uh, initiated as a chief petty officer. So uh, not that I didn't want to wear the uniform because I loved being in the Navy. I loved being in that uniform. Uh, it's just that initiation process I didn't want to go through. So I felt like it was a sign, and it told me it was time to get out. Yeah, I, I'm joined 79. I didn't join till 2000. Well, joined 2002. So definitely different eras of the military and different lifestyles. And yeah. just, I mean, even what is it, 2023 now? That 2003 is almost like a whole another era now in the military. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine the changes. I've talked to a few how vastly different the military was then to today well yeah. 2003 to even 2023 so yeah I, it's nice hearing some of the different things and you know I, it's unfortunate that females weren't given the same opportunity back in the day that they are today but it's coming along it, it, it's getting there it is and you know and it's it's one of those things that i think everything happens for a reason and i went through that to lead me to doing what i get to do today that advocacy for women throughout my nine years in the Navy and fighting for those opportunities and really being a voice to that um, brought me to what I've done today. So I wouldn't change it, certainly, uh, because I love what I get to do today, and I think that was all part of it. So That's good. The military could be a nice director of PASS. Um, Absolutely. So, so uh, when you transitioned out, uh, how, long did it, how long did it take for you to really find your way? 
Oh, gosh. Many, many, many years, uh, unfortunately. So I got out on April 1st um, uh, of 1988 and went to – they didn't have a transition class at that point um, in the military. So I'm in one day in uniform, the next day I'm out uh, on my own. Uh, So I went to a resume writer uh, when I got – I finally got settled in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. I went to a resume writer, never had a resume before. Uh, and he was like, I have no idea what to put down about what you did in the military or even how to explain a female in the military. Like, and it didn't, it didn't register with me then how bizarre that is and how wrong that is. Um, but he ended up saying, look, just you're a female because you are a female, you can go get a job as administrative assistant, use some of these computer skills that you have and, and you'll do that with your eyes closed. Um, and no offense to administrative assistance because it is one of the hardest jobs in the company. Um, and I did it for several years, but I lost nine years of experience and skills and training. And I just had to put that aside, not to mention immediately becoming underpaid um, and underemployed. So I got my first job as administrative assistant. I lasted, oh, a couple of months and I went to the next job and I lasted a couple of months. And then, and then I moved to a completely different state without a job because I got, I got bored unchallenged, of course, because I wasn't using my skills. Uh, I did that. Uh, let's see. I moved from Florida to California to New York to New Jersey. Finally found my place many, many years later. Um, through some great um, managers that I had, great bosses that I had that allowed me to use my skills to help other people learn and develop and, and uh, know what their needs were. So it took me a long time. And it's one of the catalysts for what I do today because I don't want other veterans or military spouses, really anyone, to have to go through that. It's just horrible to think that I spent that much time working my way back up. So fast forward 12 years after I got out of the Navy, I started working for ADP, doing the exact same job I was doing when I got out of the Navy. So 12 years it took me to get back to where I was when I got out of the Navy. So That's that's quite a long time, a little bit too long, I think. I really, it is. Well, I'm glad you're starting this new software I guess, is that what you actually call it? Is, is it a software or what is it? It is a software. Okay. I'm glad you're starting something new. Um, and, I, and I know it's not just tailored towards veterans. I know it's tailored towards others. But I'm glad it's something that I will hopefully see succeed past Indeed and LinkedIn before, you know, before two years, three years, you think? What do you Oh, What's yeah. This year. This year, Stephen. This year? Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to be rooting for you in your, in your corner. Thank so you. What it, so it's Talent Ascend and Veteran Ascend. Um, what, what exactly does it do and how does it help? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Thanks. Thanks for asking. So it is AI, artificial intelligence. And basically what it does is it translates military and civilian occupations into a skills profile. So when you type in 11 Bravo Infantry in the Army, it'll tell you all the skills that you acquired from being an 11 Bravo in the Army. 
and it's much more than security. So as I was talking about earlier about all the things that I did while in the Navy, there's so many skills that go into those jobs. So we built the translation tables. Our AI translates that into the skills profile and then matches those skills to employers who are intentionally looking to hire people for their skills and the skills that their company needs. So our AI does that translation and matching. Uh, we don't use a resume with our program. Uh, one of the hugest barriers for anyone, but particularly veterans, military spouses, people with disabilities, and second chance justice involved candidates, the resume is just a minefield of discrimination. And it's antiquated and just, it just needs to go away. <laughs> so that's what our program does. It takes that away. It takes that out of the equation, matches on the skills, location, and salary that an employer needs to know right away across the organization. So unlimited jobs, unlimited candidates for our employers. It's all free for every candidate to create their profile. It takes less than 10 minutes. Again, no resume, no applying first to get to an interview. Uh, so that's, again, the second barrier. So resumes are the biggest barrier. Application processes are the second biggest barrier for these communities. They either self-filter because they'll look at a job description and say, I didn't do that task specifically without thinking about, well, do I have the skills to do that task? And can I say I have the skills to do the task? Um, so our program is about also helping employers think about talent differently and, and what skills they need for their organization. Um, you know, if you ask me if I've chopped down a tree before, I can probably say no. But if you ask me if I've held an axe, I know how to handle an axe, I know what angle to chop a tree, all the skills required of chopping down a tree, it's a totally different conversation. Uh, and that's what we're really trying to get to is facilitating those conversations for underserved talent to be able to talk about their experience and their skills without the barriers of un misunderstanding what you did in the military or misunderstanding why a military spouse has gaps in her work history, his or her work history, or lack of career progression. People make assumptions about that, but military spouses are one of the most resilient problem-solving communities you will ever be have the privilege of hiring, but they're missing out on that talent. So. So our team is behind the scenes also working for our clients. They are sourcing talent from military installations, veteran service organizations, really just out there in the communities, as well as advocating for our communities and why you should hire military veterans, why you should hire military spouses, people with disabilities, second chance candidates. So it's our AI and our team that makes the magic happen, and we will succeed. No, I know you will. And, uh, veterans are great, great people to hire just because their dedication and they're going to show up on time. I mean, I, I think today's youth, even, you know, people coming into the military, they got to learn that quickly and, and basic or whatever you call it. Um, a lot of people, and I struggle with this with my wife, just, you know, 10 to 15 minutes early everywhere you go. And it's the <laughs> only thing that takes me off about my wife is just, it's like 10 to 15 minutes early everywhere you go. She does not get that. But I have a question. So, okay, so as you progress in your career in the military, of course, you acquire more skills. Now, is there any rank base uh, on when you put in all your information? It, does it ask for your rank? And It does able... ask for your rank, absolutely. And there, there's an option to put in more than one occupation. So, obviously, as you go up in your years of service, you're going to acquire more occupations. 
um, and or secondary occupation so that you can put those in there as well and translate those for your skills. Absolutely. Okay. And then also like we, I don't, I don't know how much you're tracking. I know back in the day, like the enlisted did enlisted stuff, officers did the officer stuff. Now it's kind of commingled where you've got NCOs doing 10 different jobs, yep. uh, like equal opportunity leader, environmental compliance officer. Um, I can't remember everything anymore. I've been out for six years almost, <laughs> but are you able to put those skills yep. also under that? Absolutely. Okay, so, so I guess the goal is while you're in, get as many schools as you can Sure. that when you get out, they can put it all into your program and it'll broaden their, their horizon. Absolutely. And, and the beauty part of our program is that the candidates are going to match to any job, any industry, any company that needs their specific skills. So they don't have to worry about, well, I was logistics in the military, so all I can apply to are logistics jobs. Or, you know, I was in machine uh, operations. I, the only thing I can do is, you know, be a mechanic. Um, so our program, because they're not applying for anything, they're matching to things that need their particular skills. It opens up the world, the entire world of possibilities for them to be able to choose a great career, a great company. Um, and because we don't scrape anything off the Internet or put anything out on the Internet, the employers that use our program are 100 percent intentional about valuing military talent, military spouses, people with disabilities for the skills that they bring to their organization. Nice. I, I like to hear that. And uh, do you know about how many do you know about how many companies you have right now signed up? We've got over 50 right now that are, are signed up. So, uh, but that number changes all the time uh, because we're constantly growing and constantly changing. So, we've got more more room for everybody. Got it. We'll make sure we push this too. So, when what's the biggest? I, I guess would be what would be the biggest thing about transition you would tell soldiers right now, or not just soldiers, but all military members and their spouses too, like because they're going through. It ain't just a service member. It's a spouse going through a whole career change, too. So what would you tell them to prepare for before they get out? You know, I think one of the first things is to start early. You know, even when you have the inkling that you may be getting out at some point, start networking. Networking is the biggest asset you can have when you get out of the military. And there's so many uh, resources today that will help you with networking. Um, our program is, is sort of networking when you think about it. It's making those connections between a candidate and an employer, but we're just using our AI to do it. It's the same thing. If you're connecting on LinkedIn, you're looking for somebody that can help you do XYZ or a company that you're interested in. And so it's making those connections. Um, that would be the first thing. Just network, network, network. Find a resource um, organization. Create your LinkedIn profile. Start networking on LinkedIn. Um, and then I think really the, the next thing I would say is don't feel like you're alone. It will feel like you're alone, right? It, you're, it'll feel like you're the only one that's ever transitioned or making this change uh, because your situation is unique to you, know, you, you and your family, but you are not alone. Please reach out. Find other veterans in these organizations. Find other veterans on LinkedIn or whatever connection tool you're using. We're out here. We want to help. Um, all you got to do is, is look for us because we, we've got your back. 
And I really wish uh, that was more emphasis about networking because, in all honesty, in this world, it's not exactly what you know, it's who you know. Absolutely. And if they would push a little more of that and you got generals that are getting out all the time that are going to go into these big companies and be top dogs and stuff like that, I'm just like, no. But um, how can people find you, get a hold of you, um, anything like that, your social Great media? Great question. Yeah, so um, talentsascend.com uh, is our program. We're on LinkedIn under Talents Ascend as well, Facebook under Talents Ascend. You can email us at findtalent at talentsascend.com. Uh, and we're, we're here to help any way we can. Um, our, our candidates also, just so you know, we're not about just selling our service. When candidates sign up with us, we're here to help them find other resources as well so they can attend a walkthrough, uh, which you can see on our website and, um, get other resources that you may need. So the first thing to do when you're transitioning out, create your skills profile on Talents Ascent. Well, like you said, uh, do a walkthrough. What, what, what is that? Yeah, so basically it's a demo of our program. So someone on our staff will take them through creating their profile, uh, making sure that they've filled it out, maximizing, you know, having as many skills on there as possible, putting their career preferences in. And then they'll talk about other resources, other ways to network. So we're here to help get you connected to other veteran service organizations or anything you may need out there. So we're not just about, hey, create your profile at Talents Ascend and we forget about you, but we want to help get you connected to other resources as well. So you're not like Indeed? Absolutely not. We are the furthest thing from Indeed. <laughs> Thank God, because... Yes. You're getting, you're gonna get some of these younger soldiers, and I guess I wasn't that old. I was only, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to say. But when I got out, and I was lost, I, I didn't really know where I was going, and you know, with three kids, pregnant wife at the time, I have six now. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. I love them though, but um, I mean, it was scary, like yeah. going from secure paycheck twice a month. And you know, in the military, I don't know about like back when you were in, but like today, you get all the time off in the world that yeah. you want. Um, but it's just nobody realizes that you actually work more on the outside than you do with the inside unless you're deployed overseas. Right. So it, it's kind of scary, but it is scary. And you know, I think everything evolves. Indeed, served its purpose. Um, mm. You know, when it first started, um, but but talent acquisition has to change with the times. COVID did a lot for that, it's as much bad as COVID did for us. COVID did a lot of good things as far as talent goes and how employers are looking at their talent, valuing their talent, and bringing talent in. The whole point of all of this is that we've got to figure out and, and look at talent and how we can embrace someone and see what's right with them instead of immediately seeing what's wrong with someone to get them out of the way. Uh, and that's really what we're trying to change. But, yeah, it's a it's a huge world out there when you're transitioning, especially from the military, because the military has its own language, its own culture. It's just its own world. Uh, and coming out of that um, and, and when you think about it, it, we you know, basic training was, I don't know, eight, ten weeks, whatever it is. They took that much time to get us acclimated to being in the military and then all those years of training 
which, by the way, our taxpayers paid for, which so you would think that they want to take advantage of having those uh, that training in their companies. But the transition out can be scary, lonely, overwhelming, um, and we want to help make that transition a lot better. So You will. We'll make sure of it. But it's funny that you said the lingo because I was a Calvary Scout, so I just normally I just say scout. And people are like, were you an Eagle Scout? I've had people like, were you an Eagle Scout? It's like, <laughs> no, no. Do you know what? Maybe. I don't know anymore. So. <laughs> a lot of so, misunderstanding. Yes, especially when it comes to an Army Ranger versus a Park Ranger. you got to be a little specific. And, you know, I wish you were around when I got out. I really, I really do because I feel like I got left a little bit high and dry by the military. Sure. The new, The new... Um, what do you call it? A, ADAPC or whatever, or, uh, ACAP or whatever it's called now. It gives a lot of these young soldiers a false sense. Of, sorry, they're just flying above. Um, I'm right next to the Air Force Base, but, um, they give a lot of false hope that you're going to get out, make all this good money and all that. And most get out and they don't. So they right. definitely need more help besides just attend a class. Good luck. So, Absolutely. No, couldn't so, agree more. Well, I'm glad we'll you're here. That too. I know you will. You, yeah, you got a great attitude for this. I'm very happy that somebody's finally stepping up. So I appreciate it. And for all the fellow veterans coming out on their behalf, thank you very much. And to the ones that are still looking that are out, we'll point them in the right direction. Let us help. So I'll, we'll make sure of it. I'll make sure of it. So. <laughs> all right, Steven. Well, thank I appreciate you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to to be on and tell tell uh, all the world about us, and I appreciate you giving us that opportunity. Yes, and we'll definitely get this out. Um, so this is another episode of the Swan Dingo Files, where the Dango H O baby, and here with Robin Grable, she's gonna blow indeed out of the water. Watch and watch next year to two years. Promise. That's all we have for this, for this episode. Well, folks, that's all we have for today's episode of the Swandingo Files. I hope you've enjoyed this journey with your host, Steven Swanson, as much as he enjoys recording it. Remember, transitioning from military life to civilian life is tough. But with a little bit of grit, a dash of humor, and a lot of determination, you can overcome any obstacle. So until next time, keep on trucking, and keep Swandingoing.